Hey friends, welcome to episode 64 of the Take Back Your Territory podcast. We are talking about food freedom still, um, but today we are focusing on healing. If you saw my Instagram and or my Facebook post today, you will have learned already that there is a revision for food freedom already. We're about three weeks in from the book being published, and I guess I'm just going to tell you the story very quickly and without lots of squirrels. Um, But while I was writing the book, I kept getting woken up in the middle of the night that something wasn't right, and it was about the rules. It didn't feel right. It didn't sit right, but I thought, well, that's probably just my own flesh. Anyway, I went ahead. I went um, ahead. I wrote the book. I um, tried to write the entire thing, you know, inspired by the Holy Spirit, attaching everything to scripture, especially in context, not taking things out of context. Um, really just wanting a project that God and I worked on together. Ever since I began writing it, publishing it, promoting it, and talking about it here on the podcast, there has been a flag. And I won't even necessarily call it a red flag, but maybe a uh, maroon flag or a wine-colored flag or a hot pink flag. I don't know. When it comes down to the rules And I think it's because about a year ago when I was beginning to dream again, when I was beginning to write again, when I was really seeking the Lord on my own food freedom, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, there are no rules in the kingdom. And at the time, what he was trying to take off of me was all this stuff that I was carrying from childhood, words that were spoken over me strongholds that were placed on me and ceilings that were meant to box me in. I often think of in Australia, there is this um, line that says, he was a tall poppy. And what that means, and I even notice it in the region that I live in, in the United States, that If you sometimes think that you're reaching out or branching out or moving forward, that a lot of times culture and the people around you will like try to try to cut you off. You're a tall poppy. You're growing too far ahead of the crowd. You're you're growing too much. You're growing too fast. (laughs) Anyway, um, I thought that it was just my own insecurity keeping me from going forward with the project. But I kept having the dreams. I kept having the hesitancy. I kept having the flags come up every time I would talk about rules. And especially when I was sitting down with people that I've been coaching, this rule thing has come up. Because I'm a person that wants to follow the Holy Spirit. I don't want to live by the flesh. We are told to not live by the flesh, but by the Spirit. And rules 
are legalism. They are religion. They are a part of our flesh. They are a part of culture. They are, um, it's a religion. And diet culture is a religion. Um, and it's definitely a part of legalism. But that is not what I'm about. So over the last two days, um, I've really just felt like I need to hear a word on this because something isn't sitting right with me. And I'm creating a curriculum specifically based for the food freedom coaching. And the spout has not even been dripping. And generally when I go to do something like that, it's a flood and I can't type fast enough. But nothing was working, nothing was flowing. And so I just sat with an open page of my notebook this morning and yesterday morning and just said, I'm going to sit here, I'm going to wait, Lord. I'm just going to wait. And I finally had the revelation today that God does not put rules on us. Sure, there is commandments, there is don't do this, there are boundaries, there are reasons for those boundaries, but there are no rules in God's kingdom. There are no rules to healing, there are no rules to anything. It is the only thing that we have is to love God and to love our neighbors as ourselves. The only thing we have is to eat and drink all to the glory of the Lord. Whatever you do, do it to the, the glory of the Lord. But these are not rules. These are the harshest word that I could use for these things in the Bible is the word commandment. And then when I say the word commandment, I think of, if you love me, you will obey me. So there is still a heart condition among all of this. There is a love, there is obedience, there is compassion, there is discipline, of course, because God disciplines those that he loves. But a lot of times when we hear the word rule, we associate it with punishment, we associate it with pain, because it is. It is a part of the flesh. It is a part of legalism. It is, if you don't do this, this way, there will be consequence. And so coming to this revelation, I have pulled Food Freedom off of Amazon and I will be going into a stage of revision. The way that I operate is I want to do everything from, um, you know, like Philippians 4, it says whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is worthy of praise, whatever, whatever is excellent, think on these things. Well, not only do I want to think on these things, but I want to do things this way. And so I cannot have a book sitting out there that I don't believe in anymore. I don't believe that what I have written in there is true anymore because you don't need a rule. And my nature would be to go back and to remove everything that I wrote and everything that I spoke about on this podcast. But then whoever is kind of coming up behind, they will not see this transformation within myself. It is pride that would make me want to remove my mistake, remove my misgivings, cancel my failures.
But again, that is not the truth. And so I will be keeping the podcast up about the rules um, because hopefully in the evolution and people going forward and moving forward in the podcast, they will realize, oh, snap, she messed up. (laughs) I wrote the rule in my flesh, not by the spirit. And that is not the way that I want to do things. So moving forward, it is September 2nd. Um, I am rewriting. There is going to be refreshing and a new vision for this, but that hasn't changed my coaching. That hasn't changed the group coaching that is coming up because to be honest with you, what I'm feeling led to actually do is to not revise until after this group coaching, because what I'm going to learn as a coach, what I'm going to be faced with based on the people that are in this group coaching session, I will be able to write and minister to in the book. So with all that being said, um, it has been pulled. The Kindle is still up there because of an agreement that I had made with, um, with Amazon that it needs to be up for at least 90 days. The paperback has been pulled. Um, and we're moving forward. If you still want an old copy of or the first edition of Food Freedom, I would be more than happy to send you one of my author copies. And the only thing that I would charge to you would be the shipping, which would be about five bucks. So you can contact me on the website or on social media and um, or just email me lindsaywenland5 at gmail.com. I will be more than happy to send you my author copy just for the price of shipping. But please know that a revision will be coming in at the end of 2021. I'm assuming November. But you know what happens when we assume. So since we are on the topic of healing, let's go ahead and dive in. I was studying Matthew 8 and 9 this morning because I really wanted to get a sense of what it was like walking around with Jesus who seemed to be always on mission to heal, to set free, to um, you know cleanse the lepers, heal the sick, raise the dead. He was always on mission to do that. And the scripture that I always remember, and I don't know exactly where it is in the Bible, but the scripture that I always remember when I think about Jesus walking around on earth is that he said, well, I guess it was in John 17, that everything that he says, he heard from the Father. And everything that he does, he had seen before the Father doing. Um, I believe it says that he does nothing without being led by the Father, that that Jesus did nothing without seeing the Father do it in the first place. And so that really speaks to me about the heart of God and the heart of the Father, because a lot of times what religion teaches us is it's the fire and brimstone, it's the you will be chastised, it's you are going to hell if you don't. Now there is also, you know, we serve a a just God, and um, that's why he had to send Jesus. And that's why the scripture said, you know, to those who believe you will be saved. It is only by faith that we are saved. It is not what we do. It is not who we are. It is only who we believe in. And so when I was setting out healing, something that I noticed 
and it wasn't a hundred percent of the people that were healed in Matthew 8 and Matthew 9. But 90% of them had to come to him first. If we actually open the scripture, which I'll just do rather than go through my notes. Um, it said, and they came to him, and they came to him, and they came to him. And then each and every person that Jesus healed, there was some type of a commandment that went with it. And maybe commandment is a too harsh of a word, but there was an action. There was some type of coming up into and obeying. There was some type of doing such and such by faith. They had to come to him and then they were called to action. There was a small part on the men and women that they healed in their own healing. The woman with blood had to push through the crowd even though she broke the law. The law back then was if you were bleeding, if you were, if it was that time of the month that you were considered unclean, um, you were not allowed to touch anyone. I believe you had to stand away from the crowd just like a leper. I think you even had to cover your face at some point. Um, but there were rules that you were unclean and that you could not have any social interaction and that you could not even be touched. So for this woman with the issue of blood pushing through the crowd, she was breaking the law to be able to touch the hem of Jesus' garment, to be able to be healed. That was a huge pushing through, a huge step, a huge action that she had to take. And then when Jesus felt the power, when he felt virtue come out of him to heal her, he turned to her and he said, your faith has made you well. It was her faith of pushing through the crowd, knowing if she could just touch him, if she could just touch the hem of his garment, that she would be healed, that action she had to take. The leper came to him and bowed. And Jesus cleansed him. And he said, show yourself to the priest and present offering that Moses commanded. He told the leper, don't tell anybody, but go show yourself to the priest that you are no longer unclean. The centurion came to Jesus and um, wanted healing for his paralyzed servant. And Jesus said, I will come heal him. But the centurion said, just say the word. Just say the word and my servant will be healed. The centurion recognized that Jesus was under authority and he was also in a place of authority. That Jesus could say it is so and know that it's done. And then the centurion had to go. With Peter's mother-in-law, Jesus came and he touched her. And she got up immediately. Her fever left. She got up immediately and she went to wait on him. 
many demon-possessed people, uh, many demon-possessed were cast out. And they were healed with just a word. The paralytic, Jesus said, you are forgiven. Your sins are forgiven. Go, pick up your mat and go home. And even just thinking about that, a paralytic, someone who is completely paralyzed, laying on the ground, laying on a mat, not even being able to move himself, but needing his friends to move him. I'm not saying that he was a paralytic because of his sins. Obviously, I'm not God. I don't know what created that. But I'm assuming there was something in his heart. There was something inside of him that said, I am this way because of my sin. Or I did this to myself. Or I can't have healing because I am so dirty because of my sins. And so before the healing came, the sins had to be forgiven. Something had to pierce through the heart of that paralytic to make him believe that he was free, to make him believe that he was clean from illness, for him to also believe that he could get up off of his mat and walk and go home. So these happenings 2,000 years ago that are written about in the Gospels lead me to a few questions for you today. Number one, what has God spoken to you about healing? What has God spoken to you about your freedom? Has God said, go, you're healed, move on, move from here? But are you still in doubt and unbelief? Is there still a fear that has kept you from walking out your freedom? Is there fear that has kept you from living in healing? A lot of times with coping mechanisms, addiction, dependence, whatever. There is a belief system, there's a stronghold set up in our minds that I can't live without such and such. I can't live without dot, dot, dot. And that is where the dependence comes in. That we think we have to have our fix. We think we have to have this to feel better, to not be uncomfortable. And there is a wiring in our brains that have been set up that way. But that is also being led by the flesh not being led by the Spirit, and not being led by the Word that has already been spoken to us. Galatians 5.1 said, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Keep standing firm, and do not be subject again to a yoke of slavery. That verse alone says that you have been freed to stand firm. And do not go back into 
the stronghold. Do not go back into the slavery. Stop being a slave to this thing. Stop sinning against yourself. So what is the driver? Because we have to take God at his word. We have to believe that we're healed. We have to believe that we're free. And then that sanctification process comes where we flesh this out, where in our minds, in, our, in, our, in the Holy Spirit, in the anointing of that, we get to come up against our own flesh. And we get to say no more. But a lot of us have to have tools and we have to have healing and we have to understand that that old man is dead, that old man is in the grave, and that I am a new creation in Christ, that today you are a new creation. It is no longer you who lives, but Christ who lives in you. We have to know that this new man, this new self is possible. That's why in Food Freedom, we start with why. Why am I even here? Why am I even doing this? And what does this look like for me in the future? That's why we recognize this is what I've been doing. These are the bad habits. This is my tendencies. This is my coping mechanism. This is what I do. Because we have to have truth. We have to take appropriate looks. That's not the right wording. We have to take an appropriate look and gauge where we are at. We have to see dependency for what it is. We have to see the prison bars that they are there so that we can still see the key that is in our hand to unlock that gate. Because the fact is, is that you've already been given a key and it's just my job to help you unlock it. And we do that through reframe and replacing and redefining. We will do that, thank you, Michelle, with refreshing our outlook on rules and habits and diet culture. We will have to take those things from our eyes, from our minds, from our personalities, and we will need to get a new vision, a revision on what health can look like in our lives, what our food choices will look like so that we can steward these bodies well, steward the calling and the mission that each one of us has in our lives for the glory of God. But where all of this goes back to is what has God already spoken to you about your healing and about freedom? Because at the end of the day, we have to go back to the word. And that is what we are obedient to. So what has God already spoken? And what action do you need to take? And what is keeping you from walking these two things out? Please take these questions before the Lord to your closet, in your quiet space, in your sacred time. Take a deep breath and allow him and his kindness and compassion to come to you. Allow his Holy Spirit to speak to you. Because it is in these places that Jesus wants to meet us.
I'm going to end this with something I wanted to share. A couple years ago, I was sitting, I was making my lunch and a lot of times I would bring my phone to the table and as I ate whatever I ate, I would scroll, I would look, I would respond to texts, I would listen to a podcast, I, I would busy myself, I would busy my mind, I was filling time. And I had this tap on my shoulder. Why don't you sit with me? And so that felt uncomfortable. So definitely the Holy Spirit. And so I made my lunch. I put it on my table. I poured my glass of water. I grabbed a fork and I sat down. And I thanked the Lord for my meal. And I said, you are welcome to dine with me. You are welcome to sup with me. You are welcome to eat with me here. And during this time in my life, um, I can actually tell you it wasn't it wasn't that far back because what the Lord was trying to heal me on was some father wounds. And something that had to be healed in me was trust. Trusting a man, trusting a father, trusting that he is good, trusting that I will not be punished just for existing. One of the things that created a lot of anxiety and fear in me was sitting down to the dinner table when I was a child. Because if you, if you did read my book or you have listened to me in the past, sitting down to dinner when I was a kid was after hours of binging, hours of emotional eating and, and, and consuming thousands of calories. And then I would sit down to dinner and I would be ridiculed. I'd be made fun of. And so uh, there's been a lot of anxiety and a lot of fear and a lot of tension around me sitting down to the table. But that is where God invites us to be with him. Even in Psalm 23, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Sitting down and eating is a place of rest. It is a place of nourishment. It is a place of peace. On that day when I prepared lunch and I sat down and I invited Jesus to be there, well, I invited God to be there with me, but it was Jesus that showed up. It wasn't a father. Because I needed a friend. I needed a friend. 
at the table with me. And then me and my friend Jesus worked on bringing the Father to the table. And now whenever I sit down, whoever shows up, shows up. And, and it's a grand old time. But through that entire meal, I cried. I cried because he was healing me. Because he said, hey, invite me here. I cried because I came to him. And he met me there. So wherever you're at, invite him in there. It doesn't matter if you're on a mountaintop or a valley. It doesn't matter if you have locked yourself in your room. It doesn't matter if you're in a deep, dark pit or a cave. It doesn't matter if you hide under the table rather than sit at it. Invite him in. Remember what he's spoken to you. Remember what he said. And by faith, take action. To be obedient to what he spoke to you. To be obedient to his word. Because it is often in the going that we are healed. Not saved. We are saved by faith. But it's in that faithing. It's in that working. It's in that acting out. That we are healed. And then just keep moving forward. <laughs>